Okay, we're going to get started tonight. It's a joy to see you here uh, this evening to worship God in prayer. And um, tonight we're going to be beginning a new section in our study of praying with Paul as we listen in on Paul's prayers contained throughout the New Testament in order to uh, grow in our skill of praying according to God's will as revealed in Scripture. Uh, We're starting to learn what to adore, what to appreciate, what to ask for, what to admonish, and what to amen in our own prayer lives. And over the last eight weeks, we've, or or more actually because of all the spaces in between, anyway, um, we've considered what we ought to consider, or what we ought to adore God for, simply praise Him for, for who He is in and of Himself. And what we've learned is that we ought to adore God for being the God of all comfort, of all wonder, of all change, of all blessing, of all power, of all provision, of all patience, and all deliverance. It's because God is all of that that we ought to adore Him in prayer. We ought to worship Him and praise Him simply for who He is. He is worthy of our worship in prayer. When we come before His throne, the first thing that we ought to think of is worship. Worship and adore. We don't do that nearly enough. We need to adore God in our prayers. And Paul instructs us in knowing how to do that. The second thing we ought to do, though, in our prayers is to thank God. Is to thank God. I was thinking how fitting it is that we should start studying this topic as a church the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. See, so often we, we approach God to ask Him for things that we don't have. But how often do we approach God in prayer to simply thank Him for the things we do have? Thanking God ought to be the second major hallmark of our prayer lives. It's the second largest category of Paul's prayers. After adoring God, it ought to be thanking God. As 1 Thessalonians 5, 17-18 states, Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Our prayers ought to be filled with thanksgiving. And if you, like me, often struggle uh, in knowing what to thank God for because I get so blinded by my earthly circumstances, then this study that we're about to begin is for us. In studying all the occurrences of when Paul says, I thank God or thanks be to God in his New Testament letters, We're going to begin learning as a faith family from Paul's example what to appreciate in our prayers. What we ought to simply thank God for no matter the circumstances. And tonight we're going to introduce this topic by looking at the greatest possible thing we could ever thank God for. And that is Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ. This comes from 1 Corinthians and it broke. 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, uh, it's just one verse where Paul writes, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. So this is Paul lifting up a prayer of appreciation that God has given us Christ. But before we go any further, let's ask the Lord to open our eyes, our minds, and our hearts to receive his word rightly in faith tonight as his people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the truth that's contained in the passage before us. Father, we thank you for how it directs us, directs our hearts and our minds to Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for who he is and what he has done. And I pray that tonight 
You would instill into our hearts a greater appreciation of the greatest gift that could ever be received, and that is Jesus Christ. Help us to love Him and adore Him more in response to hearing Your truth tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bible open, there it is, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, what you'll find is that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be to God for His inexpressible gifts. So here Paul lifts up a prayer of appreciation to God for an inexpressible gift. So the question is, what is that inexpressible gift that we are to give God thanks for? Some people have argued that it is the gift of gratitude, the gift of generosity mentioned back in verse 11, where Paul says that God would enrich the Corinthians, it says, in every way to be generous in every way. So they've said, hey, this is about the gift of generosity. Um, But I don't think that's what's being talked about for two reasons. First, because this gift is described as inexpressible, literally in the Greek, passing beyond the realm of description. In other words, Paul is describing here a gift that cannot be described in words. Think of that. There are no words in any language that can ever fully describe the true nature of this greatest of gifts that God has given. This gift being referenced here is said to pass beyond human physical expressions of language. And that's why I think it does not refer to human of human physical expression of generosity. I think it refers to a divine supernatural expression of generosity as seen in Jesus Christ. I think that's not only because of the word that's used to describe this gift, but also, second, because of the argument of the passage. It is true in First Corinthians or Second Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, Paul is in the middle of talking about how the Corinthian believers should be generous in giving towards the needs of the Jerusalem believers. But he says right here, right before this verse, at the end of verse 14, that the only reason why those Corinthian believers would ever express such generosity to others was because of the surpassing grace of God that was upon them. In other words, their generosity towards others would merely be a reflection, Paul says, of God's generosity towards them. And it is when Paul reflected on God's generosity to them that he erupts into this prayer in verse 15 of thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. And what is that inexpressible gift of divine generosity that produces all other forms of human generosity? Paul says right there at the middle of verse 13, your submission of generosity comes from your confession of the gospel of who? Christ. It is by receiving Christ, right, that you had this change of heart, this change of heart that wants to express itself in generosity. It's because God has first been generous to you in Christ Jesus. And on the basis of that gift, I urge you, Paul says, to give gifts to those who are in need. He is that inexpressible gift of divine generosity that motivates and gives birth to all other lesser gifts and giving. Christ is God's inexpressible gift. Jesus is the gift that passes beyond the realm of human language. 
and of description. He's the one whose wonder and being and nature and glory and splendor and worth is beyond all human words, all human songs, all human languages and thoughts. Jesus is. No one is like Him. No one is equal to Him. No one is comparable to Him. He is, as we've been learning in Colossians, He's above all. He's the one in whom is found every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It's found in Christ Jesus, as Ephesians 1.3 says. He is God's inexpressible gift. Jesus is. And notice it says Jesus is God's inexpressible, and I want you to focus on that word gift. Because that word gift, I think, implies three things that can make us appreciate Jesus Christ more this evening. As we consider Him first, It means it's free to us. It's free to us. That's inherent in the word gift. It is free to us, this inexpressible gift. If I was to say this Christmas, Char, the only way I'm going to give this present to you is if you first do this thing for me, (laughs) first I'd be dead, right? (laughs) But then second, that wouldn't be a gift, would it? Right? Because a gift is freely given. It is not earned or coerced out of anybody. A gift is a gift. It is freely given out of love. So it is with Christ. He is freely given out of love from the Father to us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He what? Gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is a gift of love freely given from the Father. As Isaiah 9, verse 6 says, to us a child is born, to us a son is given. He's a gift. Christ is God's inexpressible gift of love, so freely given that it is beyond description. All you must do is receive. Receive it by faith. Jesus is God's inexpressible gift. That means first, it's free to us. Second, it means that it's costly to God. There's one thing I'm acutely made aware of around the holidays is that gifts are always paid for. (laughs) A free gift is never given at no cost. There's always a price to be paid for a gift, and so it is with Christ. 1 John 4.10 says, In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son. He gave Him as a gift. Why? To be the propitiation, the satisfying sacrifice for our sins. See, in Christ, the gift of full forgiveness of sins and eternal life in heaven is freely offered. But it came at a terrible price. At the price of God's own Son dying on the cross for our sins. For the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23 says, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. Hebrews 9.22, Jesus Christ took the penalty, the price, the payment, the eternal penalty for our sins in His own body on the cross so that we might be forgiven. The eternal King of glory took upon Himself my everlasting shame. And the author of life itself absorbed my penalty of death. As 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul is talking about giving here. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. 
That is a cost beyond description. He truly is God's inexpressible gift, which means it's free to us, costly to God, and then the third consideration is that it's exactly what you and I need. He is exactly what you and I need. Nothing is worse Nothing is worse than a gift than you don't need. Ethan, one of Ethan's favorite books at home is a story of two puppy dog pals who buy each other gifts for their birthday. And the problem is one puppy sells his sticks to buy a spring for the other dog's toy, and the other dog sells his toy to buy a box for the first dog's sticks. Now it all works out in the end, but you get the problem, right? Uh, In the meantime, two dogs are stuck with a box with no sticks and a spring with no toys. Not the best gifts because they weren't needed. They weren't needed. It's like when, I know this is a dorky illustration, but it's like when the Affordable Care Act came out and I was told by the government, congratulations, Zach, your health insurance now covers maternity. Well, thanks a lot, but I have no need of that, right? (laughs) You know, nothing's worse than a gift you don't even need, especially when you have to pay for that gift. Anyway. But if you're a sinner, Christ is exactly what you need. He is the best gift for you imaginable. For in Christ there is found the gift of righteousness through His perfect life. In Christ there is found the gift of forgiveness through His perfect death. And in Christ there is found the gift of glory through His perfect resurrection and victory. Everything you and I ever need before God is found in Christ Jesus. That's why Paul said in Colossians 2 verse 10, You are complete in Him, lacking in nothing. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, will He not also with Him give us all things? Jesus is beyond human expression. Exactly what we need. He is God's inexpressible gift. He is the gift that is so freely given to us, so costly to God, and so exactly what we needed that words can never express the nature of His value and His worth. Jesus is God's inexpressible gift. And so what does Paul do here in this verse? He gives thanks to God for him. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Paul lifts up a prayer of appreciation to God for Jesus and he invites us to join him in that prayer of thanksgiving. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Give thanks to God for his inexpressible gift. Spend the rest of your life expressing gratitude for that inexpressible gift. You cannot describe it. But you can thank Him for it. You can thank Him for it. Thanks be to God and keep thanking Him for Jesus Christ and what He has done. This is, as we're going to see in future weeks, this gift right here is the foundation for all other forms of gratitude. It is Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ. No matter our earthly circumstances, we can always give thanks to God for His inexpressible gift We can always thank God for Jesus. And so tonight, as we lift up all these requests to God in prayer, let's not forget who Jesus is and what He has done for us. And let's just thank God for Him.